Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Well, welcome back to Recalibrate, and this one we're actually doing on video, so upping the game here. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. We're excited to be here. Yeah. So hoping that we can uh, maybe even extend the reach to people that might watch it on a different uh, medium. Sure, yeah. So uh, we are in the middle of a season. Well, actually, second time, so it's not the middle. It's yeah, the very right. beginning. <laughs> right at the start of a new season. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mike Perks is with me, which I'm really excited about because we're talking about the gospel this right. week. We've been looking at Colossians, and um, we've started with Colossians chapter 1, just looking how many times Paul the Apostle uses this word gospel. He uses the word good news, gospel, and then he gives different names for it, the gospel of grace, the gospel of truth, right. so on and so forth. And it's really important that people, um, as believers, we understand what the gospel is and the message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Because today what we want to look at, what are the essential parts that mm-hmm. somebody needs to believe to be saved? Sure. Yeah. Okay. That's a big question. Yeah, Maybe big I should one. unlock that even in itself a little bit. There's a lot of debate in Christianity about what do you need to tell people? What, what are the things they need to know to actually have enough faith or enough hope right. to be saved, for right. God to work in their lives? Yeah. yeah, some people think even you have to go all the way back to the, the beginning of creation. Do you need to understand uh, the creation and the fall and this uh, initial sin of man to understand the gospel? Right. Yeah. And, and, and some people believe, you know, there's so many different things that people, right. when they share the gospel, they add in because it's personally important to them. Right. And then there's others who minimize what needs to be understood. Like mm-hmm. we've heard the sermons, like I sometimes listen to people on TV, TV evangelists or, or even pastors, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll say at the end of their sermon, you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ today and you need him in your life, why don't you just pray this prayer with me and get saved? And I'm right. thinking, how could you get saved? Yeah, we're missing a bunch there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff missing, and there's a lack of understanding. Like Paul says, you do need to understand some things to pray and to call upon God in a meaningful way Mm -hmm. for Him to come and do a redemptive work in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So John Piper is a well-known Christian theologian, pastor theologian, who uh, sometimes I agree with. Um, many times I agree with because we're both of the same faith and sometimes on smaller points we kind of like, right. wow, it's different. Yeah. But he wrote an excellent article mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, he did. Somebody asked him, um, and you can get this on his Desiring God website, and I'll give you the name of the title of the, of the just a two-page thing. It's yeah, called, it's What Must Someone Believe in Order to Be Saved? Mm-hmm. Like the core of it. What do you need to actually believe to be saved? Right. And, and I, he breaks it down pretty well. He I breaks it down real. So we're going to go through yeah, it. Sure. Okay. Um, and then we'll just comment on it. So basically he's saying, what, Paul the Apostle says, you've got to believe in the Lord to be saved. You've got to confess some things with you. Jesus is Lord with your lips and, and, and that he was raised from the dead and you will be saved. So he breaks down, okay, if you're sharing the gospel, what, and, and you're asking somebody to pray a sinner's prayer, you're asking somebody to pray, call upon God and ask them to come and do a redemptive work in, in their lives, there's probably some things that you should know that they you should be confident they know yeah, they before understand. they before yeah. they pray that yeah, prayer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's really a solid gospel belief in the gospel. Well, and I think it's like that they actually understand. I think sometimes even in in um, my experience in Alpha, like people need to actually 
um, like really grab a hold of some of these things. It's not just enough to just be able to say it. You need to fully understand oh, like these, yeah, these yeah, uh, yeah, few yeah, key yeah. things. So there is a need. Yeah. Now, I, I would say, I mean, I digress, but there is a need to, therefore, that's why Alpha and other programs are so good because it's a process of coming to understand before you can call upon the right. Lord to some degree. However, I would say this, and this is very important to know. There have been times, even in my ministry, where I have seen people get saved with very little knowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. And genuinely transformed. Yeah. They didn't have to go through a course. Yeah. They were just at a place where the Holy Spirit had worked on their hearts so much. They were very aware of their sin. Nobody mm-hmm. needed to tell them right. they were of sinners. Course. They yeah. knew they were yeah. sinners. They knew their life was a... They knew that the problem was them. Right. And they knew they wanted God. And when they heard that Jesus is the way to God, they just believed it straight away. They didn't need any convincing. Right. They said, okay, that sounds... It's witnesses in my heart. Jesus is the one who can get me to... And they pray. Right. And boom, I've seen a guy get saved. I talked to... Two minutes after meeting him, he prayed the sinner's prayer and he was genuinely saved. Yeah, that's amazing. Weeping, crying, changed. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I think that's totally, like, yeah, the Holy Spirit can definitely, it's revelation, I think, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And even when we go through these points, like, we have to recognize that the Holy Spirit is moving through all of these things, revealing and guiding us through this process. Right. You know, and so even so it's though, not a system. No, it's not. And I think, like, John Piper at the end of his article even says, I didn't mention the Holy Spirit, but we have to understand that. He is at work in, in what uh, in the gospel. Yeah. So actually, the Holy Spirit can be doing confirming all these things without us even confirming. Right. Them. But for many people, and I would say actually the vast majority, there is a process of coming to understand needed before they can genuinely call upon the Lord in the way that Scripture tells them to. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's go through it. What 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 he he says number one. This first, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. He says, first of all, um, implied in this passage is the idea that you need to believe that you are a sinner. Right. Yeah, and I, I was realizing also um, when I read through this that um, I don't know if he even mentions it, but where does it, where do we play into that idea of, well, it's not even an idea, but that there's a penalty for our sins as well. He talks about that later. Okay, so yeah. we'll touch on that. I think the thing is, this is where people talk about, you have to go back to Adam and Eve to convince people that, that we, we are inherently sinners. Right. I don't agree with that. Hmm. I think that's true for some people because they have a, a history in the Bible. Right. But um, I, my, my experience with people is most people know that, I think another word for sinner is human, hmm. the word human. People say, I, I, I'm not perfect, I'm just human. Actually, what they're saying is, I'm not perfect, I'm a sinner. Right. I'm a broken yeah, we're vessel. All like this. Yeah, yeah, and, and right. I have flaws that destroy relationships that cause problems in my life. And I think if the Holy Spirit's been working, I don't think it's a, a theological issue, this issue of knowing that you're a sinner. Uh, right. Maybe that's where John and I would disagree. He would probably feel it's very theological, but yeah. I actually think. This is why sometimes you can pray with a person and they get saved very quickly because they're very alert already. They know. They know. They know. Yeah, exactly. Others, you have to keep talking with them because they're delusional. Right. And that's, yeah. And is where I've heard people even say, um, do you have to have this cr- almost like a crisis of faith where you realize like your desperate, desperate need? Like a lot of people, when they share their testimony, there's this pivotal moment. Oh, that's a good question. I was, I was in such need for Christ. You, the, your brokenness was very real to you. Yes, but then other people, um, like even I know people in our church, like Paulo, he would say like, I didn't have a moment where I was like in crisis, but just the Holy Spirit revealed to me. It wasn't out of brokenness. Yeah. It was 
So where does that I, I, play? Yeah, in? no, I, I, I think that the crucial thing here is that it was the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. whether it's through brokenness, whether it's through studying the word, like Augustine, the famous uh, theologian, mm -hmm. he was reading a scripture and he was a reprobate man and he just got overcome by reading that scripture. Right. Um, I think Paulo grew up in a Christian home, right. but his sinfulness became real right. to him through, and I grew up in a Christian home, but my sinfulness came real to me through Christ. Right. So for some people, it does take looking at the word to expose what bro our condition, our brokenness, so that we come to, come to a realization. I think one of the challenges for people growing up in Christian homes is that there is a self-righteousness that can sure. be built because they, every person, even if you've grown up in a Christian home, has to come to a place of recognize, a, a realization of their brokenness. I was sharing right. with somebody the other day, a young adult, and, and they've just come to this place in their life and radical transformation, even though they grew up in a Christian home. Mm. But I said, sometimes even as young adults, that we, God allows us to go through bad situations right. and to, to realize that just because you grew up a Christian doesn't mean you're good. Right. We, are, we are broken people in need of a savior. Yeah, it's our sinful nature. Yeah. yeah. So some people come to this via the word mm -hmm. and being sitting under the word, the powerful anointed word revealing sin. Others come because innately they just know and the Holy Spirit just, just has right. word. Okay, secondly, you must believe that there is a God. That sounds pretty that logical. That seems self-explanatory. Yeah, I yeah, think we yeah, don't need yeah. to stay there very long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think he also says in there that we have to, like, we have to believe that we fall short of his standard, yeah. right? So there's a yeah. God that has standards that we don't meet. Okay, so actually you're right. That, that phrase sounds simple, but it's not as simple as it actually mm -hmm. is because people have a different idea of who God is. Right, yeah. I find even in the church, even in our church, and I'm not knocking anybody, I just, I love you all, but there's a lot of our believers who still see God as an impersonal force. Right, a feeling almost. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 a spirit being yeah. um, that is innate. And this is a very, this is this idea of God being non-personal mm -hmm. goes way back into the dark ages right. before that, actually way back before even the Greeks. Uh, in fact, all most religions, it goes way, way back to this, this idea of this innate, right. undescribable, non personal issue but when we say God we mean a personal God right. who is interested in us loves us and but is righteous and true and right. and, 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 and it is not pleased with sin yeah and for me it reminds me that like he's knowable that I can know what I can know him I can meet him I can know yeah. him whereas like this feeling or force is like very elusive yeah so. Yeah. And I think that this is one of the biggest challenges of, the, of the, this, po this postmodern generation. Mm -hmm. Like you have those who are atheists and humanists and don't believe in God at all, but you have the other side where there's a lot of spiritualism, right. yoga and transcendental meditation and all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. where God is not a personal, for personal being, right. but he is a force. And I find that this is something that has to be shattered. Yeah. Because if, he is a, if he's a person... Then there are there are there is there's a, a predictable way he acts. Right. Yeah, he has a personality. Yes. Yeah. An accountability. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, well, you need to believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. Now you mentioned on mm -hmm. you hit on this. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is so important that we understand that um, that if Jesus was just human, like he didn't actually fulfill the requirements required by God when he died on the cross. He had like God had to pay for us. So I think he talks about that in the article as well, that it had to be the God-man 
who fulfilled our, yeah. um, who paid the ransom for us. It's a difficult one. Honestly, I, like I, I'm doing some courses at the moment, and, and one of them is a history of doctrine at, at, at Regent College, and um, we just had to do a whole section on the Christ man, the, mm-hmm. the God man. Right. And to be honest, when it gets down to explaining it, it's pretty mind-blowing yeah. and hard to get your head around right. it. So to what degree do people need to believe this? I mean, I think, yeah. I think the key is that we would understand and that we would believe that he was sinless. Because okay. in order to pay our penalty, he would have had to be sinless. Otherwise, okay. he's paying his own penalty. So there needs to yeah. be an understanding of the significance of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. more than just a good man, a moral teacher, right. but as one who would be able, sufficient to pay the price for your sin, right. accepted by God. Yeah. Next week in Colossians, actually Sunday morning, we're going to go through the great um, uh, piece of poetry on the supremacy of Jesus right. Christ. Okay. Because Paul, when he goes over the gospel with the Colossians, that's a really, the two big pieces is the brokenness of humanity and the supremacy of Jesus right. Christ to be able yeah. to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, people do, it, it, this is a gospel about Jesus. Right. And he has to be front and center mm-hmm. in it. It's interesting when we do Alpha, a lot of people, when you ask that question, do you believe he was the son of God? That's a hard one for a lot of people. Well, even in doing Alpha, I've had some people who have attended our church for a long time who are not, we're not sure. We're not sure. What that even means. Yeah, or I love to give like a multiple choice. Who do you think Jesus was? Was he just a good person? Was he a good teacher? Was, who was he? Yeah. And um, not a lot of people pick the son of God. Interesting. Of, yeah, I do think that the concept of Jesus as the Son of God is it, it really it really needs a revelation by the power mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit right. because it's not a it's not a natural understanding. Right. So again, we're seeing the Holy Spirit guiding yeah. us and yeah. moving us through yeah. this process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he says here, you must acknowledge that Jesus lived a perfect life, which is what you touched on. So mm-hmm. we'll jump over that because of time. Um, and he he really sums it up. By saying this, let us just say then, this is what's required of the core gospel, that the remedy for our brokenness is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who never sinned and took my place, and the wrath of God or the judgment of God was upon him. Mm-hmm. He died for me. Right. That is the core of it. Sure. But there's a lot of loaded statements that we've kind of looked at a little bit right. this morning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then he goes on and says, if he stayed dead, he, we would still be in our right. sins, so we must believe he rose from the dead. Now, that's yeah. even a hard one. Yeah, that's a tough one. I know even from talking to my dad when he became a Christian, yeah. it, because that, it's hard to comprehend yeah. someone actually rising from the dead. And I, this is where I think regeneration is so important. I think it's nearly impossible to believe somebody raising from the dead. Mm-hmm. And this is where I kind of have over the years a little bit fluxed on the issue of him. I have to believe that he raised from the dead because I don't think you can believe he raised from the dead without experiencing resurrection yourself. Within yourself. Like when yeah. you experience salvation of Christ make, yeah. washing you free of your sins yeah. and you feel the, your dead life come alive yeah. again, you can now say, of course I believe course in the resurrection. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you believe in the resurrection, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you've experienced it personally. Right. Yeah. But if you, and so I think on this one of believing in Jesus being raised from the dead, I, I don't know if I'd agree with John MacArthur um, in the sense, sorry, John, John MacArthur, Piper. my apologies, John Piper, yeah. John Piper, and John Piper, um, my apologies. I don't, I'm still unsure about that. That we need to believe. For okay. salvation. Okay. So you're saying that that maybe comes after. I think you might be open to it. I think you might accept that in principle, but I think really believing that 
in many ways takes an exper- experiential And could it happen part. simultaneously? Because you're it even, could do. Yeah, because you're even saying once you've experienced yeah. Well, this is where John Piper and I probably we do disagree. He, he, yeah. he would believe that these things actually happen in you by the grace of God before you even do anything. Right. Whereas I believe that the scriptures to me are very clear that the gospel is preached, which causes people to begin to hope, have right. hope. And based on that hope, they call out to God right. for salvation. And then some of these things like believing in the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. happen because of the things that you cannot do in your own. Yeah, adventure. I would agree with you that there is like, once hope becomes alive in us, there's a step we have to take. Or even in Alpha, we talk yeah. about um, where Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock anyone who opens the door, yeah. but we open the door. Yes. Even the Alpha shows a famous painting where there's yeah. no doorknob on yeah. the outside, that we have to be the one to... Based on the in. hope. like we, yeah. we, We've learned to trust that voice on the other side and we're going to open the door for it. Right. But whereas John would say you have to believe in the resurrection before you call upon the name of the Lord, right. I would say, no, I think that you can call upon the name of the Lord believing that Jesus is the means of salvation provided by God for the forgiveness of your sins mm-hmm. and call upon him on the basis of their understanding. And then when you experience regeneration, I'm telling you, once you've experienced regeneration, resurrection is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. Okay, well, there's a lot of things there. Yeah, there is. There's no chat line on this, and you can't write back to us. So no, yeah, they just have to agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, um, you must believe. Belief is required for, right. for the gospel. Yeah. yeah. yeah and what a- does that mean? I mean, what level are we talking about here? I think that there... Well, even like how we were saying that there is when hope becomes awakened in you, that mm. there is a step of faith that you take. Yeah. You know, where you cling to the gospel yeah. message. Yeah. I think that that's important. I think it is. It's a transferring of your hope from yourself, yeah. from your previous religions, from uh, optimism, and transferring your hope fully that Christ is the provision for God for my life. Yeah. And based on that hope that he, you're putting your hope in him now and calling upon him on that basis, then the work of regeneration yeah. can start. And then, and then you get this deposit of faith, which mm-hmm. is an absolute assurity that Jesus is the way. Right. You reach out with some hope, maybe with some doubts, but when you're regenerated, you have an assurity right. that God is right. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, but we still honor John for his article because yeah, he helped a lead article, a very yeah. great article. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say that there's probably a lot of other things that could be talked about. Mm-hmm. And maybe varying on the person you're talking with, there's some specific issues they want to address right, to, to, to deal with before yeah. um, uh, they can really come to a place of believing. Some things hung up in their mind right. that need to be dealt with. But actually, that is the core of the gospel message. Right. Yeah, he breaks it down even into just four things somewhere in that article. He says, like, Jesus, cross, or Jesus, my sin, the cross, and... There was one other thing. He only has four things that he says are really imperative in the earth. Belief, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a simple gospel, I think. A it profound, is a, but a simple it, gospel. And I think that's yeah. the key I always say. To, yes, there are elements to it that need to be unlocked fully and people need to understand fully, but it is a simple gospel. Right. Yeah. And don't... Oh, our job with the gospel is... The go- purpose of the gospel is to bring... To get people to begin to put their hope, hope. in Jesus yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. And then once Christ is in you, kaboom. Yeah. We're, 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 it's all go. Well, right? yeah, and the Holy Spirit begins to yeah, work and reveal. Yeah. yeah. Mike's been fantastic yeah, having so you. Much, yeah. yeah, it's been it's a lot good of to fun. Have recalibrate back. Yeah. What's yeah. that? It's good to be yeah, re- recalibrated. Beginning back recalibrated here. again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I was so yeah. out of order. <laughs> <laughs> so bless you. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna, next week we're going to be looking at 
um, Christ, this, the Christology of Christ. We're going to get into it. Jesus is the begotten Son of God. What does that mean when we say He was begotten? Like He was right. born of God. That's mm. like a crazy concept right. and probably very different to what we imagine it is. Sure. So bless you, and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks and so uh, pass on if you've enjoyed this. Hey, go and tell somebody right. and say, this is what you need to hear because this is your problem and uh, get them to listen to this. Okay. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com.